Hey there, welcome to The Hot Slice, the weekly podcast brought to you by Pizza Today magazine. I'm your host, Jeremy White, and today we have the rare pleasure of having not one, but two others joining me today. We've got executive editor Denise Greer, and hey. Josh, your title changes all the time. What's your new title now? <laughs> Denise says that. Till, I say it all a, the time. <laughs> it's a senior creative director, so write senior it down. Senior creative director. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Tattooed on your forehead. Josh he's, he's a senior now. You get. I am right. a senior. Like, I am a senior. a senior. I'm feeling now. very senior. That's for sure. Your uh, AARP packet will come in the mail tomorrow. <laughs> still younger than both of you guys, but yeah, I'm still feeling very senior. <laughs> senior, senior. Okay. All right. All right. So well, what's bringing- we're all together yeah. today, Denise? We've got um, we got a little mailbag. We've had lots of questions come in t- to us via email, mm-hmm. social media channels. Uh, recently and every once in a while we like to just sit down and kind of answer some of the questions that come in from our readers which is always a lot of fun all right what's the what's that <laughs> what's that burning first question I'm yeah excited yeah. i uh i'm ready i'm ready to answer them all right so the first question and i'm gonna let denise i'm gonna let you answer this one first because you're working very heavily on a project related to it right now. Okay. Okay. The first question from Sam in Texas is, did you guys really create National Pizza Month? Yes, we did. Absolutely, we did. It was created with the magazine in 1984, but it was not designated by Congress until 1987. So yes, Pizza Today created National Pizza Month, and we're going to have a toolkit rolling out within a week or so uh, that'll give operators a lot of resources to be able to promote themselves uh, and get their customers excited about pizza for an entire month, 31 days of pizza. Now, we all know that we celebrate all year long, but it it is a tangible way for you to attach it to a national designation. And not to that's be confused right. with National Pizza Day. We have no, nothing to do with National Pizza. We celebrate it, of course, but the, that was not created by us. But it was National Pizza Month. That's all pizza today. You know, every day you can, you can open up the calendar. Every single day is something. Maybe it's National Jelly oh, yeah. Donut yeah. Day. Yeah. National Left-Handers Day, right? Yeah. Shout out to Josh. And there's always, right, there's always something. But uh-huh. it's really cool to think that in 1984, we, not, not us, we were... We were on the schoolyard in 84, right? Yeah. We were dominating the dodgeball scene at the playground. But Four square. Yeah. In 1984, Pizza Today magazine's like, ah, I declare October National Pizza Month. And then three years later, the United States Congress is like, yeah, okay. fam, got you. It is National Pizza Month, right? That's really, really cool. No one else can lay claim to that. An entire no. month is dedicated to the world's most delicious, popular, beloved food. And that's because of Pizza Day magazine. So Sam in Texas, to answer your question, yes, we absolutely did create National Pizza Month. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, bacon just gets a day. Hamburgers gets a day. Twinkie just gets a day. But pizza gets a whole, whole month. month. Whole month. Deserves yeah. a whole month. And, a whole and month. so did you know that within National Pizza Month, there are a couple of like pizza days too, because yeah. there's, there's a pizza with sausage day in national pizza month. And then there's world pizza maker day within national pizza month. Uh, so we've got some, and, uh, and the finale is 
Halloween, Halloween, which is always one of the biggest pizza days of the year. So absolutely. I mean, what I love about October is it really kicks off those five busiest days in pizzerias. And right. so it's a good lead in to just increase increase sales. I mean, we all know what uh, what the late fall sales are like in pizzerias go and mm-hmm. then going into winter. And then that little lull, but then you get Super Bowl Sunday. So (laughs) it's uh, uh, October is just a great time to celebrate that. And I just love October. October is my favorite. I think it's Jeremy's favorite month. It's it's just there's so much going on. I love fall. I love all that October offers. And the fact that we also celebrate pizza in October is amazing. And we also have PP&E in October. That's right. Atlantic City. Register now, right? Yeah. Register right now. In. Right now. Pause it right now. So if you don't know what we're talking about with PPNE, that is Pizza and Pasta Northeast. Yeah, um, around the office, we around the office we say PPNE because it's just much easier and emails yeah. and all that. It's PPNE. <laughs> right. <So. Yeah. laughs> I think the web address now is PPNE.pizza today. Oh yeah. Okay. So I still I think, go to Pizza and Pasta Show or Pizza and Pasta. Yeah, right, it, right. it routes there. Everything <laughs> routes. You know, everything goes. So go register. Finish yeah. this podcast first because it's going to be highly entertaining. And then yeah. after you finish this podcast, register to attend Pizza and Pasta Northeast in Atlantic City. Register today. Do not delay. And Jeremy, I don't think you know this, but Josh and I made the executive decision to bring oh. the hot slice to PPE, like yep. to do a boots <clears throat> on the ground, get a microphone in people's face on the yep. show floor. Old school uh, journalism. And- yeah, yeah I, I'm excited about that. That on the street kind of, you yeah. know. Yeah, on the carpet. On we're going to be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the carpet. Uh, on the carpet interviews. Um, because Red we are going interviews. very shortly. We are going into the 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 prime time, mm-hmm. right? Showtime for pizzerias. You had mentioned yeah. the five busiest days of the year that are coming up. And for those who are listening who may not now, like if you own a pizzeria. Shame on you if you don't know this because you yeah. need to prepare for it. But those days are um, chronologically, if we begin in the fall and filter into the new year, those days are Halloween, the day before Thanksgiving, yep. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Um, there's a there's string of them. They're, they're, they're all together. Um, they all They all make sense as to today's that you want to staff appropriately, make sure you have appropriate inventory on hand mm-hmm. and that you want to, to promote. Look, sometimes an article coming out about that too. We do. And, and sometimes it, and it's understandable. Sometimes you may hear a stat that, Hey, the day before Thanksgiving, our sales are going to be up 35%. We're busy. We're understaffed. It's already ha- hard to handle that rush, that volume. So why would we market that day? Because we're already going to be up. We're already going to have, have a hard time handling volume. We don't want to market it and be up 60% and then fail by not properly servicing our customers. And there's something to be said for that. And, mm-hmm. and I understand that. And if you're a brand new pizzeria, then you don't know what you're in for. And I get it. But if you've been in business for a while, you know how to handle busy periods, <laughs> busy days. You know how, again, to staff accordingly, how to set your inventory pars. Um, mm-hmm. These days are all far enough out that why be content with a 20% sales increase uh, on the day before Thanksgiving as compared to your typical Wednesday? Wednesday is a slow day anyway. Why be yeah. satisfied with a 
5% sales increase that day as compared to a typical Wednesday. Why not really promote that day and really sell out and yeah. try to completely maximize your sales for that day? Why because not? you're losing a day, you're losing a day that week anyway. You're losing Thursday, right? Because no one's coming to order from you on Thanksgiving. You're probably not even open on Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, with those uh, busy sales days, you have opportunities to change things up. Now, it you know because you know it's coming. You know, you can do things like adjust your menus accordingly. You can do things like yeah. like pre-prepping, making sure that it, that everything's firing. You you can make sure that your staff that that you are overstaffed and then you can, you know, release people if if you die down. Right. Um but if you go in, you know, here's a here's a funny story. Okay, so I went to a food truck event, right? And uh now food trucks are a little different, but what was funny is they they advertised this food truck event like crazy. There happened to be a pizza truck there. The pizza truck, I kid you not, <laughs> sold out of dough in the first hour and a half. This I'm thing not. went on for seven hours. Yeah. So, like, that's a cautionary tale. Like, dude, prepare. If you have too much dough, it's okay. You you're gonna be able to use it. That's you know you're you're going to be able to to move forward. So absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Well, I've got another good question. This comes from Lydia in the state of Virginia. Now we're going to be careful okay. when we answer this. Okay. Uh -oh. um, because <laughs> no. we're not going to mention brand names. We're not going to promote no, no, one no. brand over another no, no, no. or anything like that. It's a question we, we get that. a lot and it's a tricky question, but, but we're expert on how to answer this. So we're good. Okay. I am thinking of opening my first pizzeria. What kind of oven should I get? <laughs> Loaded question. Yeah. Um, what right, kind of pizza are you first. serving? That's that's the, that's my first question. What kind exactly of pizza right. Serving? What kind of pizza? Are, are you doing a Neapolitan pizza? Are you doing a thin tavern style pizza? Are you doing yeah. a Detroit style? So you have to, the question never should, the starting question should never be, what equipment mm -hmm. should I get? The, the starting question is, what product am I going for? What style of pizza? Yeah. What other food items right? Because maybe you need a fryer, maybe you don't, maybe you need a grill, right? Maybe you don't. So you have to yeah. determine what kind of menu, what kind of pizzeria do you want to be? What kind of menu do you want to serve your customers? And so from there, it all falls into place. Yeah. What style yeah. of pizza? Yeah. And then once you know your style of pizza, from there, maybe you need a wood burning oven. Maybe you need a gas or an electric fire deck, right? Maybe you need a rotate. But you have to have your style of pizza. Lydia, you have to know first. Yeah what you want to serve because look if you want to serve a detroit style or if you want to serve a neapolitan style you're going to use two different yeah. two or a new york style three completely different ovens right there for the most part yeah. so. and i'm going to expand on this a little bit because i think that some people get in and they think well uh i just want to get in and i i want to do you know a small deck two two tier deck oven um and then they don't realize that what are your goals? You know, where do you want to sit in five years with your operation? How many yeah. pizza, how much pizza do you want to roll out? First, you need to know, A, how much, it, where's your break-even point? Like, how much pizza do you need to make in order to, in order to stay in business with your, with everything, your prime costs, your labor costs, food costs, like how, how much pizza are you going to need to serve? Because that's going to say what, 
the capacity of the oven that you're going to get. So if you're getting, whether you're doing conveyor deck, uh, you know, uh, wood burning, whatever you're going to do, because that is a huge infrastructure issue. If you're talking about your kitchen and your flow, uh, you know, because your your oven is going to take up the most space in your kitchen. Yeah. Uh, and if you're going wood fired, uh, coal oven, those kinds of things, then you're also talking about you're going to have to rip out part of your building right, or not in. build or expand that portion of your building so that you can put the oven in first. Um, so yeah. those questions. Re- so you, you've really got to sit and do the math first. There, um, there are a lot don't... of things I see, Denise, that, that you like, for example, the number of pizzerias I've seen that have um, imported really beautiful, expensive, heavy ovens yeah. and then didn't realize that they had to come in and totally reinforce the flooring mm-hmm. underneath mm-hmm. where the oven was going to sit. And that's an additional expense that the owner originally didn't plan on or allocate yeah. in his or her budget. Um, yeah. Look, there are always going to be surprises when we get that, but you want to minimize the surprises because mm-hmm. every surprise costs you thousands upon thousands of dollars yeah. that you weren't planning on spending. Most yeah. new restaurants are unfortunately undercapitalized. Yeah. Um, you know, Denise, another common thing that, that I'm glad you brought up, you want to plan for future growth. Yeah. Ideally, yeah. Three years from now, your business will be stronger and bigger than it is today. And 10 years mm-hmm. from now, it'll be you know, quadruple what it is today if all goes well, right? So you have to plan. When you're planning your equipment in your kitchen, it's not just what volume of business can I handle today, but if I, if I service my customers well and I market well and I consistently put out a good product, I'm probably going to be two to three times busier three years from now than I am today. How will you handle that volume? So if you have an oven that will allow you to make, I don't know, let's just say 50 pizzas in one hour. And that very well might be sufficient for right now. But three years from now, it may not be sufficient. And you may not have room to bring in another oven at that point, or you have got to drastically redo your kitchen plan. Um, So plan plan for your growth. Don't just plan for what you'll do today build in, in your projections, build in, build in growth, because ideally like no one opens a business like, yeah, I'll be out yeah. of business in two years. No problem. Right. right. Yeah. You're in it for the long haul. So definitely keep that in mind. Yeah. And, you know, if I could go a little further with that, um, you know, cause she's talking about open her own business. There's one more key ingredient <laughs> that you need to plan for that is massive. And we're talking storage. We're talking refrigeration. Refrigeration is probably, uh, from what I hear from operators, it is the biggest mistake that they make is going with too small of a refrigeration or having to backtrack and try to figure out a commissary because Mm -hmm. they do not have sufficient refrigeration on site. Um, Because if you have nowhere to put your dough, then you can't do, if you can't do the volume that you want to do because you have no dough storage, um, then, then you've already, you've already Mm -hmm. kind of lost and you have to spend a lot more money in order to make that money up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously a massive walk-in cooler that, you know, can house all your ingredients and your beer and and everything. Obviously it's a massive expense. They're huge, they're costly, right? Versus a tiny reach in, 
Yeah. A tiny retain only can only hold so yeah. much. And you yeah. will very you'll find yourself limiting yourself very quickly if you that's a low ceiling for sure. It's a low yeah. ceiling for sure. If you you know, mm-hmm. you're yeah. pretty much saying, Hey, uh, we're only gonna do this much forever <laughs> if yeah. we do that. So do you uh, wanna totally agree? Do you wanna invest to be to be very small or do you wanna invest uh for to be a million dollar pizzeria? There's no, like, you have to decide where you want to be. If you want to invest to be very small, then you can do that kind of stuff. But if you're looking for growth and you're looking for opportunity um, to make a higher sales volume, then you have to plan for that volume. Absolutely. Performance Food Service is proud to deliver high-quality products, innovative technology, and custom operational solutions to restaurants of all sizes across the country. The flagship division of Performance Food Group, with deep roots in the restaurant industry, Performance Food Service has been the exclusive distributor of the Roma family of brands for more than 65 years. This signature relationship has allowed Performance Food Service to become a leader in the pizza and Italian segment of food service nationwide. Baccio is celebrating its 10-year anniversary, a decade of exceptional Italian pizza cheese, unmatched consistency, and partners that have become family. If you haven't had the chance to try it, purchase Baccio today and enroll in the Gold Club to receive cash back for every pound you buy. That's right, get rewarded for every single pound of cheese purchased. Schedule a demonstration at bacciocheese.com slash hotslice to learn more. Pizza is your legacy. Build it with Baccio. Looking to grow your pizzeria or restaurant? then you'll want to try the power of a cloud-based POS system. With Hunger Rush, you'll get everything you need. This fully integrated restaurant management system allows you to easily streamline operations, accelerate the delivery process, and grow your business through Hunger Rush 360 marketing. And it's so easy to use. Want AI-powered text ordering? It's built in. Need to track orders? No problem. Schedule a personalized demo at HungerRush.com today. I, I laughed when this email came through. Oh no! <laughs> Uh-oh. Scott in St. Louis asked, Uh-oh. "Why does Jeremy hate St. Louis style pizza so much?" <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, look, I, I'm going to admit, Prevail, man. <laughs> I'm going to admit, St. Louis. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm a hater. I love the Arch. Uh, you all have a fantastic baseball stadium, even though I'm a Cubs fan. Props to your baseball stadium. Um, your hockey games are fun. There's a lot of there. Look, there are a lot of great things about St. Louis. <laughs> your pizza. I'm sorry, your pizza's not one of them to me. Okay, I no. don't think you've there, had good St. Louis style, Jeremy. Can we put his, great put his email address down here, Louis. by the way? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you there need to blast blast Jeremy at jwhite at pizzatoday.com. No, 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 no. He, he, hear me out. St. Louis style. <laughs> hear me out, St. Louis. Hear me out, Cardinal fans. There is there is outstanding pizza in St. Louis. I've had fantastic pizza in St. Louis. Just none of it has been St. Louis style. That's all. Um, like yeah. it, it's it's the Provel cheese, guys. Provel is an acquired a taste. There, there, there's a sour, a tang. It's a just a different. It's probably an acquired Dang. taste. Yeah. And, yeah. I ain't acquiring it, right? A lot of people substitute it. So is that a true St. Louis style if you substitute it? Because they're even so... No, no. no. offer you the option. Hey, do you want Provel or do you want our, uh, you know, our Mott's and Provolone mix versus having no, uh, standard No, no, no. no. Did, all right, Denise, all right, here. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> substituting... 
I'm substituting my normal dough for 48 ounce behemoth dough that no. I'm putting in. It's going to be this thing. This is New York different, style? man. No, Jesus it's not. Different. If it doesn't have Provel, it's not St. Louis style. So things. we had this conversation about Detroit. So that's different. So what are you saying? If if people use white cheddar versus brick, mm. then it, it can't be considered Detroit. It's so Detroit St. Louis. So with St. Louis, it's Detroit like. If, if you don't use Provel, is it St. Louis? It's still, uh, you're still following the other tenants. Of St. Louis style, right? Okay, so Denise, I'm going to use a large national chain. I'm going to use a large (laughs) national chain as an example. Just be a devil's advocate here. Pizza Hut. So I walk into a Pizza Hut franchise in St. Louis and I get a pan pizza, but I'm in St. Louis. So is it St. Louis style pizza, Denise? No, no, no. I'm talking about the actual (laughs) style. Like if you're at a St. Louis style pizza. Okay. If it doesn't have Provel, it's not St. It might be St. Louis like. It might be St. Louis esque. Okay. It's not. What's the the most predominant? What's the most? What's the most predominant feature on a St. Louis style? It's probably the cheese. Party. The party cut. Well, the thin crust party cut. People have Midwest has a party cut. That's not. That's not like. They don't own that. Yeah, it's the it's cheese the that sets them apart, right? <laughs> yeah, right. true. All right. All right, so right. I'm going to put both you guys on the spot, too, because let, like, let's not lie and act like I'm only a hater, because neither one of you two really love it either. <laughs> no, not at all. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm not in growth Sorry. in St. Louis, but, now, here's, here's but the thing. I can appreciate it. I can appreciate here, it. Here's Why am thing. I the hater? I'll tell you, it's because I'm a Cubs fan and everyone knows it, and so the St. Louis people are out to get me. Well, you know, when I first moved to Louisville, I hated bourbon. Ugh. But, you know, now yeah, I love bourbon. Much. It's an acquired taste. I yeah. still and, hate bourbon. Uh, Sorry, Kentucky. <laughs> I love bourbon now. But, uh, you know, maybe if I moved to St. Louis six years from now, I would, I would enjoy it. But that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. I think people love it. And if people love it, then that's, that's all, all we need. Yeah. Now, hang on. Whoa, whoa. Slow down. St. Louis. I forgot, though. I do love you all for some fried ravioli. That is good. Denise, we've had this conversation. I love fried ravioli. That's that's good stuff. And that that came right from the Hill District in St. Louis. So there's your culinary claim to fame right there, St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, I do like some toasted ravioli. Yeah, toasted ravioli. Call it what you want. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Right? All right. So... I think we've exhausted the St. Louis conversation. I don't Sorry, think St. Louis. more that we can talk about with St. Louis. Uh, I do like me some thin crust, uh, you know, party cut, because that's what I grew up on. Uh, but we I grew up on Chicago then. We did style article <laughs> recently, didn't we, Denise? Yes, it's in the, we did. You know, so, I mean, look, we're just because I don't personally love the style, I don't know how, you know, we still promote it. We still write about it. Yeah, yeah. It's still a regional style that people are just, gravitating towards so yeah why not speaking of regional styles before we move on is there um any under the radar regional styles right now that either of you either are kind of discovering or falling in love with or think might be the next big you know right now it's detroit 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 is so hot still even though it's been happening for a number of years yeah what do you think is gonna unseat detroit for the next i mean We've had that conversation, yeah. haven't we, Josh? We had it with Tony, and I yeah. totally agree with him. It's, I, I agree. Think the, tab, the tavern style. Tavern style. Uh, Everyone, so I'll look on Instagram, uh, you know, because a lot of pizza makers, you know, they put their behind the scenes of what they're developing. And you know what? I see a lot of people developing a tavern style. Now, mm-hmm. the big change is, you know, tavern is very simple. It's it. There isn't a lot of... 
um, you know, a long fermentation. There's not, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, thin, it's got, you know, it's not really crackery, but, um, but it's, it's one of those styles that people are trying to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. A, so a lot of people in the Midwest, which we all know, right, uh, make the mistake. Well, that's what I grew up on. Yeah, a lot of people in the Midwest they make the mistake and they decide that they're going to dump just a lot of toppings on that thin party cut pizza. And you know <laughs> what? You can't do that. All you're going to get is a, a nasty gum line, Soggy. like I see in a lot of taverns. So if you are going to yeah. test tavern, stop loading it with cheese and toppings. Just you know, try a couple of different ounce variations just to make sure that you're not getting, you know, that, that gum line, because we don't want it. And tavern, so tavern is one that you can cook on deck, you can cook in a, in a conveyor. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a versatile crust, which means a lot of people can try it which makes it a little easier. Now you're not going to be able to put it into a wood-fired oven and expect it to cook because it's just right, not, right. It's not going to do it. Um, but because you can cook it in a couple of different options of ovens, that's going to open it up to grow a little more than some of the other pizzas. Yeah, it's definitely the most appealing style if you want to bring a second style into your, you know, people are adding styles to the and menu left and right. So yeah, so that, you know, as far as styles go, that's definitely the most appealing uh, appealing to me if I was yeah. bringing in a second style. Yeah, you won't have to bring in any, any new equipment. Uh, you could argue if you wanted to sheet it to make it thin enough, but you can get it plenty thin without without yeah. equipment if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, you won't have to bring in a dip, no matter what oven you already have, you wouldn't have to change yeah. your oven out. Um, there's, you know, I grew up on that pizza and, and, and I love it to this day. And like Josh said earlier, it was originated as bar food. And tavern owners in Chicago made it really salt. They put a lot of sausage and they made it salty on purpose because if it's salty, you're going to be thirsty and you're going to buy yeah. more beer from me. And um, it's it's just cool to think that something so simple and with such mm-hmm. a humble beginning, which we see time and time and time repeat itself in pizza anyway, very humble beginning, very yeah. simple. And maybe it is going to be the next big thing, very, yeah. very possibly so. You know, another one that could come up to the rise, which it's not gaining ground as much as Tavern, um, and it's not really a single regional style, but it's the idea that we have so much creativity and so many young operators come in, coming into the market that um, that are wanting to do their own thing, that mm-hmm. they're, they're mixing and blending styles and changing them up so they're creating their own unique version so i talk to operators and i'll ask them i'll be like well what's your style well it's kind of a you know but but it's this you know and i think that we're going to see a lot more of that of people not picking and choosing a regional style but saying okay i really love a grandma but i really like a thick sicilian or i really like a new york but i also like an american pan you know Mm -hmm. so how can i find the middle ground that my customers will love, you know, I think that that's, that's a wave that we, that's been happening. It's been happening before the pandemic. It's, you know, and it's one that's just increasing, you know, you, you know, I think Neo Neapolitan kind of started the mm-hmm. the trend and California started the trend. Um, and now it's just, you know, people are coming up with their own versions of what they dig. 
I love it. I, I, I value creativity and, and, and I applaud it. And many pizza styles have such uh, strict tenets uh, to which you need to adhere in order to qualify it as that style. So let's just talk Neapolitan just because it's very easy to kind of single Neapolitan out for kind of its its rigid guidelines of, you know, having to use a specific type of flour and having to, to bake it a certain way. Everything is, is well-defined with Neapolitan pizza, but as our mm -hmm. friend and contributor Scott Wiener will, will point out, and sometimes people label Scott a Neapolitan hater, and, and it's for far from the truth. He loves Neapolitan pizza. But if you work specifically when the, within those guidelines and those parameters, there's nothing wrong with that. But what Scott points out is Neapolitan pizza was done that way, utilizing the ingredients that they utilize, all because that's what was available locally in, in the mm -hmm. Naples area. Yeah, They used what was local, fresh, and available. And so if you really want to get to the heart, the essence, the spirit of yeah. Neapolitan pizza, if you live in Iowa and you're utilizing uh, produce that's grown locally, you're using, let's say, say beef from mm -hmm. Iowa on your pizza. No, by no means. No, obviously you're not making a Neapolitan pizza, but you are following the spirit that, yeah. that defines Neapolitan. You are utilizing what's locally available what's fresh what's on hand and th that's a trend across the country right now as we all know anyway chefs mm -hmm. all yeah. across the world really are, are focusing on hyper local hyper seasonal yeah. things like it's, that but that's really the the defining spirit of neapolitan is that it's what is local fresh and that's what you can get your hands on and so, speaking of uh, the the one of the examples of this is kind of creating their own styles Rocky Schenauer at Park Street Pizza. Uh, when I when it yeah. visited them, I was like, "Wow, this is just <laughs> what is a this? different. This is great." <laughs> yeah. But I can't put my finger on what is it. What so, is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah. It's a uh, it's a Park Street Pizza. It's Park Street Pizza. Yeah. That's all I can say. I mean, it's you know, it's it's um, it's it's, it's kind of a, a pan, but also kind of I don't know, classic American. I don't know. It's just it's just interesting pizza and. Uh, that's that's one example of somebody just kind of creating their own style. See yeah. these kids today, they're out there making you know, up their own rules, making their own crazy. Rules. No respect right. for tradition. I love yeah. it. I love that. I love uh, like look, we do a flower blends seminar at Pete's Expo and PPE. Mm -hmm. So another plug for PPE coming up, up in October. You can sit down, you can listen to Peter Reinhardt and John Gudekanst talk about blending various flowers. That'll be interesting. It'll be, awesome It'll be very entertaining. Yeah. And if you want to nerd out on some good blended flower talk, there's nowhere else in the world you want to be. But but yeah. the point is, um, there are no rules. There don't need to be rules. Pizza is the most highly customizable dish on the planet. Yeah. When you roll out a, a skin, it's a blank canvas. Am I going to put pesto on it? Am I going to put tomato yeah. on it? Am I going to put Alfredo? You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Meat, no meat, tons of meats, vegan. You can do anything you want. It's yeah. like when an artist, you know, grabs his or her easel and mixes red and brown together and starts painting, right? There, there are no rules. Yeah. Do whatever the heck you want. And these young up and coming pizza makers that are experimenting and are blending and blurring the lines between styles, mm -hmm. it's exciting. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a cautionary thing happening right now too. And I see it on Instagram. I see it on TikTok. Um, 
is that, okay, so you have uh, some of these home pizza makers and the really creative uh, folks uh, coming up with these interesting styles. And a lot of them are like super, super, mm -hmm. super high hydration, like I yeah. mean, oh, insane yeah. high hydration. And what they're doing is pizzerias are like, well, that's beautiful. I want to put that in my kitchen. And then they realize that the practicality of bringing mm -hmm. in something with such high hydration is not feasible for a high volume, high, you know, high intense, uh, you know, kitchen line, like that they can't make it happen. Uh, so that's the one thing is as you're looking at these styles and trends, you know, be aware that some of these people, this, they're just making that one pizza. They don't necessarily, they're not, they're not making a hundred of those a day right. or 200 of those a day for customers. They're, yeah. they're just making one. So that's kind of my warning to folks as You're they're right. experimenting with styles is, you know, trust that if, if you're going to look at a style, you know, get the feedback from pizzeria folks, because you want to know that it's practical to put into a shop because I know, uh, so I went to a pizzeria, I think it was in Arizona somewhere. And he's like, yeah, I want to do, I want to do Chicago deep dish. Uh, but guess what? I have a conveyor oven. So he ended up having to um, uh, to rework his conveyor and got some different attachments, got, you know, got a thing that he could put down in the middle. It of can be pod. done. You can change so the setting. Can, you put, right. Yeah, it can be done, but it's going to require you adapting what you have going on. So just mm -hmm. know that if you see something cool out there, you really, you really got to test it and know, know how it's going to mm -hmm. apply in your shop. Yeah. And to your point on the high hydration, Denise, you're right, because it, when a dough, when you have a really wet dough, you have to handle with care. You have to be very, very gentle. Uh, mm -hmm. You can't be rough with it at all. Um, you're, you're, you're trying to, to keep that air in there and it's so wet. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to form. It's difficult to move around. You have to really baby it. And, you know, in the pizza today test kitchen, we, a few years ago, went to a super high hydration formula. Yeah. And for our needs, it, it's perfect. And it turned out right. beautiful finished doughs and beautiful crusts and pizza, finished pizzas. Really, really beautiful. But we're in a controlled environment to where we are taking our time. And if it takes 20 minutes to form this dough and, and get this pizza looking right before the bake, yeah. no problem. We're going to take a photo of it. We're going to eat it and we're done. But when you're, it's Friday night, 7 p.m. And you know, from 7 you're to cranking. 10 p.m., yeah. you've got to turn out 150, 200 pizzas. You cannot take that kind of time is of the essence. You can't baby a really wet dough like that. So you're right. It's great for food styling. It's great for Instagram. It'll make the most beautiful crust. Save it, save it for the competitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or do a special, yeah. you know, if you'd like yeah. to introduce it. Specials are a great way to test new. I know people that do um a Detroit one day a week. So they they have other mm. styles, but they're like, mm. hey, I love Detroit, I want to do it. Um say, we only have 30. We only so, have 30. Yeah. Yeah. And so they what they do is they pick a low volume day and then they market it. Bingo. So they end up getting a huge flood on a Monday or a Tuesday. And then they're right. like, whoa, all right, sweet. <laughs> this is a limited time offer. It's going to be available from 6 to 8 p.m. on yeah. Wednesday. And when and they're out, they're out, you know? And, right. And they're, they're 30 total. 
and that will hopefully create some uh it's like the we Boss talk about line. this a lot with mark it's the girl scout cookie thing right <laughs> if they're on my grocery store shelf 24 7 12 months out care. of the year i'm walking right by them i'm not even taking a second look at them right but because i can only get my dosy dose or my thin mints at, at you know in Tag february or march the girl scouts are selling <laughs> all of a sudden i think i need 18 boxes of girl scout cookies yeah. And then I probably got 12 in my pantry right now rotting away, but yeah. I had to have them because it's the only time yeah. you could get them. Right. So, so we, we got to open it's like this the McRib. up. To... It's like the McRib race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we need to open this up to you, uh, to our listeners. Okay. So whether it's on social media, whether it's on, um, on our platforms, whether you send us a note, um, or whatever, however you reach out to us, we want to know what style you think is going to be the next yeah. big wave. We want to know from your experience and what you're seeing out there in the industry, uh, what do you think is going to be the next big thing in pizza? I love it. And um, for those who really love Provel and really just think St. Louis <laughs> pizza is everything, please send your hate mail to D Greer. No, D-R-E-E-R -E <laughs> at pizzatoday.com. <laughs> I already sent them your email. So it's just going to be a highly controversial today. podcast. And it's just, yeah, yeah it's going to make some waves. All right. <laughs> I could go all day long. We actually have other questions we can answer, but um, we are not supposed to have these be too long. So I think that we'll save the other mailbag questions for an upcoming podcast. We'll do a part two soon. A a part two. Down the road. Yeah. yeah. I like it. All right. I like what we did here. And, uh, <laughs> Register for PPNE right now. That's Pizza and Pasta Northeast yes. in Atlantic City. See you all Atlantic in Atlantic City, City, New Jersey. We'll see you there. It's a right. fun time. Yep. See ya. Later. <laughs>